Um, so being semi-retired, I can't call myself retired right now. I think part of that's a mental issue I have. Uh, but but uh, I'm able to do something I've wanted to do for a long time. I get a, a lot of mailings from the Fine Arts Center in Colorado Springs from the Bemis School of Art. And for a number of years now, they've offered a darkroom class, and I've never been able to take it because of, of my work. Well, now I've been able to take it. In fact, they've actually expanded it. It's now four hours on a, on a Tuesday, and I head down to the Bemis School of Art and spend my, my, uh, part of my morning and afternoon down there printing pictures. And I brought with me a picture. Uh, that was the last one I did this week um, that I printed, and it, it, I'm really not that happy with it yet, but how, how many prints do you think I had to make before I made this one? Somebody guessed last time 10, and they were close. It was about eight. And, and I wasn't satisfied, I wasn't happy with them. And, and so uh, those eight pictures, other than this one, are in the trash because I missed the mark more times than I hit the mark. Well, after the class was over, I had one of my cameras with me headed downtown uh, Colorado Springs and did some street photography. And, and this is uh, the negatives I took. Um, yes, I shoot film. And uh, I had a little more success with this. I went through these negatives and I checked out uh, how many I felt were keepers and how many uh, I thought were just kind of eh or uh, really bad. And about 15 out of the 30 I thought were keepers. Well, that's a 50% rate, but still, I missed the mark 50% of the time. So you have your hobbies. Um, I guess sewing is still a thing for some people. And if you are a sewer, you understand the same thing, right? Maybe your percentage is much better than, than mine of having keepers, but you always have that one thing you're sewing and, and it didn't get stitched correctly, right? So you got to go back and redo it, and, or maybe you just have to start all over again. You missed the mark. Some of you work with wood, and you're a good uh, woodworker, and, and it'll happen though. The wood does not always cooperate, and it splits on you, and you have to go back to the hardware store because you missed the mark. And those of you who are golfers know that majority of your game is missing the mark, right? Not very many of us scratch golfers out there. So we're in this series uh, of 40-day challenge on forgiveness. And last week, Pastor Mark did a phenomenal job of introducing us to this acronym of SCARS. And I love that picture because I have SCARS. I have one that's faded quite a bit over the years. I, I was a small kid. It's on my hand. And I was using a hatchet and without my parents' permission. And I hit my hand, and it bled pretty good, but I wasn't going to tell my parents. <laughs> so part of the reason why there's a scar there is that I didn't get it stitched up. Brings back stories, but it's healed. It's a reminder of the story. So scars, what does an acronym mean again? So it's, it, it's sin, confession, absolution, re restoration, and sanctification. That's where we're going in this Lenten season. That's our 40-day journey. And today we're going to start with sin. And the first thing we have to ask ourselves is, what is sin? 
We've been talking about missing the mark and intentionally been doing that because that's what sin is. Sin is missing the mark with God. It goes back to the children's message. God says perfection, holiness, pure holiness is what he expects of us. We are to be holy as God is holy. That's the goal. We miss that mark. Well, let's go back to athletes for a second and, and realize that even the most successful athletes miss the mark. Okay, the Houston Astros, uh, the world champions last year in baseball, right? That's their team batting average in the last year. Uh, uh, they hit 250. What does that mean for those of you who don't understand baseball language? Well, that means that for every time, 10 times that the Houston Astros players came to the plate to swing at the ball, they failed seven and a half times. They struck out, flew out, whatever, grounded out. They made it out seven and a half times and only succeeded two and a half. Not a very good success rate. Better than that is LeBron James. This year, LeBron James, basketball player, is shooting 50% from the field. But it still means 50% of his shots aren't good. So he makes one, misses one, makes one, misses one, makes one, misses one. Probably goes more in strings than, than, than that way. But he's missing the mark. And Tom Brady, the GOAT. Why? I hate that acronym. GOAT. You've been around GOATs? They're not the greatest of all times. <laughs> I don't have a problem calling Tom Brady a GOAT. <laughs> but Tom Brady, look at that. His career, 64% of his passes he completed. But it still meant that 36% of his times he threw an, uh, an interception or an incompletion. And these guys probably feel pretty good about themselves. They probably feel pretty good about where they are on that target. Yeah, the Astros were out there because their, their failure rate was greater than LeBron James, who's more toward the middle, and Brady, who's more toward the bullseye. They probably feel pretty good about themselves and where they're at. And maybe we do at times too. We feel pretty good about ourselves where we, when we aim at, at living the life Christ calls us to do. But you notice something about those three guys and the team and two guys? They all missed the bullseye. And the bullseye is what we're talking about down here. That being holy as God is holy. Now, now Brady may be closer. Doesn't matter, he missed it. He missed the mark. And some of you are putting yourself on there saying, yeah, I, I feel kind of like Brady or I feel like LeBron or maybe the Astros. Or some of you here may be feeling like, man, I'm not even on there. I miss the target altogether when I shoot at it. Well, that reminds us of what uh, Paul writes in, in Romans 3.23. It's a passage I'm sure all of you are familiar with. For all have sinned, and I want you to read here, missed the mark. Uh, and fallen short of the glory of God. All means what? All. It, it's not an exaggeration. It's not a hyperbole. It means all. All have sinned. All humans have sinned. All humans have fallen short of the glory of God. No matter how good we think we might be in relationship to other people. I mean, the two kids here, they beat me. Now, that's not much of a challenge for them, but they still beat me. Right? 
Uh, we may be more morally uh, 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 outstanding people than other people. We still all miss the mark. All means all. Well, during this challenge, we're going to take a look at Peter's life. And if you've been doing the 40-day challenge in this first week that uh, comes to a close uh, today, uh, you saw that we were going to be uh, looking at Peter's life. And there's a story we're going to look at. It's, it's actually part of it is quoted in our reading for this, this uh, seventh day of the challenge. Uh, but we're going to go a little further than that. And the question we're going to ask ourselves is this. Was Peter a success or a failure? So... This will be reviewing for some of you if you've done your, uh, already your devotion for today in the 40-day challenge. But let's go to Matthew chapter 16 and let's look at verses 13 through 20. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, so Caesarea Philippi is a long way from Jerusalem. It's 20 miles north of the Sea of Galilee, about 40 miles south of Damascus. So it's way up there. Mount Hermon's up there, an over 9,000 foot peak that's up there. And that's where the, the disciples are with Jesus, all right? He asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, which means son of Jonah, uh, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven, who is in heaven. Come on. Again, here we go. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. Jesus is the master teacher, right? And all of us who are in teaching roles can learn something from just how he taught. So he starts with kind of an impersonal question, a third person type of question. What do people, who do people say that I am, that the Son of Man is? Who do they say that the Son of Man is? And you can see the disciples engaged in this because they've heard what other people are saying about Jesus. And various disciples, one saying, uh, some are saying that, that you are John the Baptist raised from the dead. And someone else is saying, you're Elijah, the promised one from the Old Testament. And others saying, no, you're, he, some people are saying you're Jeremiah and one of the other prophets. And maybe there's other things they were saying that weren't included in this inspired text. Jesus has them right where he wants them, right? Because now it becomes quite personal. It's no longer a third person question. The next question is very personal. It's as if Jesus looks at them and points a finger at them. But you, you, who do you say I am? Peter jumps out of his boots, which is what we would expect from Peter. He says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. In that instance, we would say that Peter has hit a home run. And Jesus affirms the fact that Peter hits a home run in three different ways. First of all, because he says, what you just said wasn't revealed to you by any person, but it was revealed to you by my Father. And think about that. Just the idea that God would choose Peter to reveal this, this reality that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Then he says, your name is Peter, meaning rock or a boulder. 
And upon this rock I will build my church. But the word they use for rock here is a different word. It really means a bedrock, a rock much beater, bigger than, than Peter. So what's the, the bedrock upon which Jesus is going to build his church? Well, it's his confession. This confession that you, that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God, is what he's going to build the church on. What you and I are built on. Okay? And the third thing that Jesus does to affirm that Peter's hit a home run is he gives him the keys to the kingdom. Now he gets back personal, and, and, and it's hard for us to translate this in, in, in English. This is a, a singular you. Uh, I give you, Peter, the, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. He becomes the first pastor, as pointed out in our reading today. And, and that keys of the kingdom is given then to the church of forgiving and retaining sins. And I'll bet there's times in your life you feel like Peter, where you feel like you are successful in this walk in Christ. So let's go back to the text I shared with you a few weeks back, to Micah 6.8. Remember Micah 6.8? He says, what does God require of you? But to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. And you have found yourself at times, I'm, I'm not... Uh, Stating this as, 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 I'm saying this as a fact, that there was a time in your life where you probably stood up for somebody, that you, you couldn't believe you were doing it. You, you were seeking justice for someone. It's not, it was outside of your nature. And because of your walk in Christ, you, you, you stood up for justice. Maybe there was a time when you were, were kind in a situation that where kindness uh, was not deserved, unlike what I did at the Y with a couple of teenagers this week. Maybe there's a time in your life where you remember walking humbly with your God. And wouldn't we like the story to end there? But Peter's story doesn't stop there. The next, we've got to go on to the next three verses. Right after this event, right after he hits his home run, we have this story. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests, scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But, the, but he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God but on the things of man. And so upon further video review of Peter's home run, it ended up being a foul ball, a long foul ball. Not that what he said wasn't correct. That's not what made it a foul ball. Because he was absolutely correct that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. It was his understanding of what it meant for Jesus to be the Christ, the Son of the living God. And so really, Peter doesn't merely hit a foul ball. This is really, in his life, really Peter strikes out. And the worst kind of strikeout you can do, it's the bottom of the ninth inning, bases loaded, a chance to win the game, and you strike out, and you lose. He missed the mark. He sinned. It's easy for us to Maybe just put this all on Peter's shoulders until we realize that we got to put our name on that target. And so I want you to do that. I would like you to 
on this target put where you think your, your name is. Maybe, maybe you're the Tom Brady. Maybe you're, you're close. You feel like things are going well in your walk in Christ, but you still realize, I haven't hit the bullseye. Or, or maybe you feel like you're way out there where the Astros are, and you're just really struggling to live that Christian life. Doesn't matter, does it, where you put your name? We've all missed the mark. We've all missed the bullseye. And so if you're doing the 40-day challenge, you, you might remember in the first day, day one, last Monday, uh, that the author, Zach Zender, uh, had a really neat comment. He said, um, uh, he, he said, Hi, my name is Zach Zender, and I am a sinner. And I put a little note on that when I read that and said, I need to include that in my sermon uh, today. So here's what I want us to do. I'd like you to put your name in here. We're going to do this in unison together. So we'll say together, hi, my name is, and put your name in there. I am, and I am a sinner. Can we do that with me? Let's do it together. Say your name. Hi, my name is Doug Bronner, and I am a sinner. That may have felt a little bit uncomfortable, but I'm going to get you even more uncomfortable. I want you to turn to the person next to you, maybe across the aisle or someplace. Look at somebody, not me. Don't look at me. Look at somebody else sitting next to you. And in unison with that person, not one taking turns, but in unison with that person, I want you to say the same thing. So do that right now. Let's go ahead and say it again. Hi, my name is Doug Bronner, and I am a sinner. We, we kind of laugh about that. I did too. So, but, but it's not, but on the other time, you know, that nervous kind of laughter that makes us, we don't feel real comfortable with it. Um, we, we ought not to feel comfortable with that. It's hard for us to, to admit that we have missed the mark with God. But you and I know there's one person who hit the bullseye. One person who hit it for you and me and it's Jesus. So I don't know which one of those arrows you put your name in, but I'd like to see, have you vision for a second. Your name's still there, it hasn't been removed, but over your name is the word Jesus. And that Jesus covers your sin. Just like here, when we had the children, a picture that Jesus laying on the floor, and maybe some of you did that too, and he covers your sin. He hits the bullseye for you. It was, I don't care whether you felt like you're way off the target or you felt like you're close to the target. It doesn't matter. Jesus hits the bullseye for you. Jesus covers your sin. Every time you miss the mark, Jesus doesn't. He never missed the mark with his Father. All the way to what? To the cross. It is the blood-stained cross. I'll go back here again. It is the blood-stained red cross that stretches out over every single one of us. Yes, that means you. And forgives you. We often stop in Romans 3 at verse 23 and we forget that actually Romans 3.23 is just a fragment of the sentence that Paul writes. Because we need to go on to verse 24. Not only have we sinned and fallen short of God's glory and are justified, that means declared right before God. The gavel pounding down 
upon the judge's uh, bench and saying, not guilty, declared right by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. That's your truth. That's your reality. You are justified by the blood of Jesus. So let's look one more time at the, at the uh, SCARS acronym. Sin, confession, absolution, restoration, and sanctification. So I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to have a certain kind of mentality as we go through this. That this is the longest sermon you're ever going to hear in your life. Because you've got to see this as a whole. So what's preached next Sunday and the following Sunday and the following Sunday until the end we get to sanctification. It's all part of one message. Because what I shared with you today is just a portion of this, this larger picture of what we're trying to get at here today. And so what we're going to do is on Sundays we're going to gather, we're going to talk like we did today about sin. And then we're going to go home and we're going to read from the 40-day challenge. And we're going to get a better understanding of maybe some of the things we talked about here today. And then we're going to come back and then we're going to talk about confession. We're going to go home and we're going to look at confession. We'll come back and all the way through this. I hope you can see it as a whole. And you'll keep coming back. Make the commitment, if you can, to be here every Sunday. Make the commitment to do the red letter challenge. I know that God will use it for your good. And he'll help you deal with forgiveness. Amen.